Well, this morning I want to speak to you about biblical giving. And uh, this is such a good message. It, it caused me to, last night, I was just thanking the Lord for the many blessings that he's bestowed upon my life that actually caused me to give a thank offering this morning, just to say thank you to the Lord. And uh, giving is a wonderful thing. It's not something we should be afraid of or even afraid to talk about. It is a good thing. And so I just want to share with you what the Bible says about giving. And we're going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 7. Uh, there are many chapters, many verses throughout the Bible. And in actuality, uh, uh, the Bible talks about giving a lot more than what we think it does. And if you start reading through the Bible again, you will see that it talks about it quite often. So we're going to read from 2 Corinthians 8, uh, verses 1 to 7. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done to the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it on their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. And so we urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Father, I just pray that this message would be an encouragement to people today. And Lord, just to show them that giving is a wonderful thing that we all can do. And so Lord, I just pray you bless your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I hope if you're joining us online that you're not going to turn off the dial and say, oh no, he's going to talk about giving. I'll just bypass this one. There's some good things about giving. There's so many, I was reminded of so many stories last night uh, of just the goodness of God and, and people giving and, and stepping out of comfort zones, uh, stepping out even when they're poor to give in amazing ways. I, I was thinking of a few ladies that have always been special to my heart, uh, very elderly ladies. Two of them are in their, were in their 80s. Uh, one was in their 90s. And in a church that I was in uh, back in the Maritimes, uh, we'd gone through a number of tough things. We had to redo the roof, and that was a big expense. Uh, apartment building that was beside us caught on fire, and uh, so we cleaned, cleaned that off and put a gravel parking lot in there. And then some people say, well, maybe we should pave the parking lot. And I was going to think, like, we have no money. Like, we've been going through all these things and doing all these things. So I got a phone call, and I got a phone call from this lady in her 90s. And she called me and said, I want to see you. And so I came down to see her. And she told me, she said, I understand that some people like to see uh, that parking lot paved. I think that's a good thing. She says, you know, I'm in my 90s, and I didn't have uh, two nickels to rub together all my life. But here I am now in my 90s, and the government gives me a check. I actually got money in my account. And she starts to laugh, and she says, I want to give some money to the church to help that parking lot. And she wrote out a check for a few thousand dollars, and she gave it to me, almost laughing hysterically how happy she was that she was able to give. 
The day wasn't done. I had another elderly lady, and she called me. She said, Pastor, I want to see you. So I went down to see her. Same thing. She said, I hear that you're thinking of paving that parking lot. Well, Pastor, I'd like to give some money towards that parking lot. And she wrote for a few thousand dollars, and she gave it to me. Then the other lady who was a shut-in suddenly came to the church. She got a taxi. She had the taxi waiting for her outside, and she came in, and she kind of blasted me for a while and told me why I didn't call her to tell her that we were taking up an offer. And I said, well, we really weren't. We just kind of mentioned it. And so she said to me, how much more do you need for that to be paved? So I mentioned how many thousands of dollars we would need, and she wrote out the check and said, here, Pastor. So then I come back to the church, and I call up the treasurer and say, listen, I got some great news for you. He was a really good guy, but he sometimes liked to burst my bubble. And I told him all these folks that were giving, he said, you're like $500 short. I said, what, you expect me to? I don't have the books. I didn't know what exact the number was. I just kind of threw it out there. And, but anyway, you know, people give. Unusual people give. They would be the last people I would have thought of in that church to give. I actually kind of felt bad that they were giving, but they were so happy about it. I even got blasted by one of them to say, why didn't you tell me? Because I wanted to give so much. You know, and there's stories like that all over the place of people, they just want to give. They're givers. And we have many of those stories right here in our own church where we have givers in this church. There's been a lot of people who said, you must have a rich church. And I said, no, we, we don't have a rich church. We don't have a filled with rich people. We just have ordinary people who want to be generous. And that's who we are. And, and we've been known for that. And thank you for being such a church. And so this morning, I just want to share with you about biblical giving, giving in ways that the Bible tells us to give. Now, that might sound kind of simple, you know, because pretty much everybody knows what we're supposed to give, but we don't really talk about it too much. And sometimes it's almost like a taboo uh, in our churches. And, and sometimes, you know, as a church, we can be guilty of telling people, do this, do that, but we don't tell them why they should. And we have a, a younger generation today, they want to know why. They don't, they, they're not selling, uh, settling for when we say something, this is what you should do. They, they want to know all the reasons why. And so I want to look at some of those reasons why and to talk about what the Bible has to say about giving. And so I'm not here to express an opinion. I know there's lots of opinions out there and social media and all these kinds of things. I want to talk to you what the Bible has to say. Now, if this is the first time you're here and somebody invited you, I want to tell you something. That person that invited you is panicking right now. They're panicking that, oh, no, like, why, why didn't he tell us in advance that he was going to speak and give them? I would have invited them today. And so you can kind of give them an elbow to say, it's okay, it's okay. I don't mind hearing a message I give. Or if you want to do a better one, just look straight ahead and just ignore them for the rest of the service to make them wonder whether or not you really want to be here or not. But anyway, but we got good things to tell you about that. Now, here in this church, we have a lot of good givers. And uh, as a pastor, I'm very proud of our congregation and the accomplishments, uh, accomplishments of this congregation. And again, we're not a rich church. Uh, you know, we don't have any millionaires. If there's a millionaire in here, I certainly don't know them. We're just ordinary people that respond and give, and we love to give. That's who we are as a church. 
And we have given to some amazing ministries and missions and projects and programs our, our community throughout the years. And we've also faithfully tithed to our district and supported many programs there and many church plants there. I was part of a committee there for a few years uh, with a district that uh, helped all allocate money to different parts of Alberta and the Northwest Territories to help churches uh, be started, and that was because of giving, but from churches just like this one here. And I was really proud of our church as well, that through this COVID time and all the financial pressures that COVID has brought, that we were able to continue to tie to our district month after month after month. And uh, also giving towards our head office in, in Mississauga, uh, giving to projects there and mission projects there. And so just want to say thank you to our congregation uh, for your generosity, your giving, it is all much appreciated, and you've done uh, great things. It was kind of interesting as we, I was looking about giving in Canada, that tells us that the best givers are actually found in the provinces of BC and Alberta. And then they, they kind of narrow it down to say the best givers in Canada are rural Albertans. I kind of thought that was pretty cool. And that's who we are. We're Royal Alberta, and it tells us that they are the best givers in Canada. So I think that's pretty good. Congratulations to you. Now, while we see this wonderful generosity here, that is changing in our nation. And more and more Christians are settling for far less than the biblical standard. It would seem that socialism is now also getting into our churches where we expect everything for free. Now, please realize that every church operates by the generosity that people give. A church, we don't own oil wells. Uh, we don't own these big fields to you know, bring us income and monies uh, into the church. We are totally depending on the gifts and the generosity of people that come to our church or that send us money from other areas. And so if people stop giving, churches will start, stop existing. And so... Kind of an important thing to give. And this is becoming a problem in Canada far more than it is in the United States. Uh, I believe around the average uh, person that gives uh, a donation in Canada is like $1,800. While in the United States, it's $6,500. And so uh, there's a big difference between Canada and the United States right now. And Canada has been in a downturn for many years according to Stats Canada. For example, in the year 2000, Revenue Canada reported that only 25% of the Canadian population filling out their income tax, which we should be uh, doing that very soon, used the charitable donation box. Only 25% of Canadians in the year 2000 were using that charitable donation box. Now, in 2018, that percentage dropped to 19.4% of Canadians who have given to charities. And I don't have what it is for 2021, but there's been a slide that's been going for the last 10 years, and so I'd expect that to be probably somewhere around the 17%. So, so that's not really good news. And then as you look at the, the various age groups that give, uh, the age group of 25 and under, of course, they would give less. Uh, some of them are, are still not even in the workforce yet. But in 2006, they gave $90 million to charities. 2015, $65 million. 
ages 25 to 54. In 2006, they gave $4.6 billion to charities. 2015, they gave $3.5 billion. Then those who are 55 and older, uh, that remains the most generous generation and largest base of donors in Canada. That's what they tell. So if you're over 55, you're considered the largest group of people, the most generous generation that's ever lived in the nation of Canada. 2006, they gave $4.8 billion to charities. 2015, they gave $6.4 billion to charities. So they're the only group, plus those who are rich, those who are rich who have also responded in giving more. And so it's kind of interesting as you look at all those things, but also concerning. Because if you've been 55 and older, uh, you realize that we're all getting older. And many of this group have now, since that last statistic of 215, have passed on. They have died. Or they're on pensions, and they don't have the uh, money that they used to have. And so it's causing a concern in charities in Canada of what will the future look like. Now, here in this church of Bethel, I'm very thankful we're breaking those trends. Those are the trends in Canada. That's one of the things I've been rejoicing as a pastor to see that we break a lot of trends in this church. You may not realize that because you're not aware of the trends that are going on in our nation, but you're breaking a lot of those trends. And we have people that are under the age of 25 to those that are in their late 80s and all those people are giving in this church. And I think that's a wonderful testimony. And you're trend breakers. You may not realize that, but you're trend breakers in this nation of Canada. You're trend breakers in regards to the churches in Canada. So that's a wonderful thing. You're world changers right here. But what is happening in society and Christianity isn't indeed a concern. And we should be addressing that subject of why should Christians give. And, and so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit more here today. Now, I realize that for some people that haven't been giving, well, they never may have been taught to give. Because again, sometimes as churches, we can be guilty of telling people, these are the things you should do, but we never bother to tell people why these are the things that you should do. So I think that every Christian should know what God expects from us and that we get that information from the correct source, which is from the Word of God. Uh, don't be looking to you know, all these uh, media things that are out there today. A lot of them, they don't know what they're talking about. Be very careful of all the social media that's going on out there. Or even other pastors, sometimes they're out there and they're talking about certain things. And I'm thinking like, I don't even know the Bible for Pete's sakes. So we're going to look to the Bible because that's, our, that's our, our source. That's the place we need to be looking to for anything that we do. We need to go back to the Bible. And I also want to say to people as well here this morning that, you know, we do welcome all people to come to this church, whether you give or whether you do not give. Uh, you are still welcome here. And so we want to make that very clear. We're not here for your money. We're here for the gospel's sake. We're here to do our job. And Yes, of course, we need finances, but we don't make that a condition of anyone to be here. And so I uh, just want to make be very clear uh, about that. But we do need to find out what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say towards Christians 
about how they should give. And that's something that should be important to us. So if you just give your attention to me for this next little while, we're going to talk about that. And this being income tax time, uh, maybe you've made your appointment already to do your income tax. Well, this is kind of a big reminder every year when you come to income tax time about what's in that little box of charitable donations. And it's interesting that they tell us that the, 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 the best uh, uh, the way to reduce your income tax is to give in this little box called charitable donations. And so giving is actually profitably financially, but it's also profitable spiritually as well. And so I think this will be worth listening to. Now, the first thing we should discuss about biblical giving is the fact that it should involve generosity. Generosity comes from the abundance of the heart, a grateful attitude, a a willingness to give and bless others. As I said, this church has been well noted for that. It is a grace in a person's life that enables them to give even when times are tough. They will sacrifice and help people even when it's inconvenient. They're the kind of people that just love to give. If you were asked those kind of people, generous people, why are you giving? I just enjoy it. They really don't have a special reason. And this was the example that was used in our opening uh, passage of Scripture where the Macedonian churches had been responding to a need with great generosity, even though they were considered poor and they were going through some difficult situations themselves. And yet they jumped at the opportunity to give and were glad to do so. 2 Corinthians 8.2, they are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they're also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. And so the Bible teaches that generosity should be a quality, really, of every Christian. And being generous, there should be a gladness and a joy that is present when a person wants to give. It's really a kind of an extension of our commitment to God. If your relationship with God is important to you, then your giving to God will also be important. Your giving will be voluntary and will be a joy for you as you know that this is you're doing something that is actually pleasing God. And that you're also there doing it because you know that this is something that God has asked us all to do as Christians. 2 Corinthians 9.13 says, As a result of your ministry, talking about giving, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news. A lot of times we don't think about that in the sense of giving, but giving proves our obedience to God. It shows that we love God, shows that, you know, we can say, oh, I love you, God. But, you know, that love sometimes got to come out of our pocketbooks. And we show God, yes, Lord, this is what I'm showing you. So generosity becomes a proof of Christianity. It proves we're being obedient to the Bible. And if we're looking for excuses not to give, then that's telling us we really do have a problem. If that's where you are in your place of giving, that you're just constantly looking for ways not to give, then let me tell you, you're in a bad place spiritually. Giving exposes where our hearts are, exposes where our treasures really are. The Bible says Christians are to be generous givers and people who excel 
in this whole area of giving. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says, Since you excel in so many ways, we already read this earlier, in your faith, your gift of speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. So biblical giving involves excelling in this whole area of being generous. May we continue to rise up as a church to be a generous church, that we will continue to be noted that this church and this town of St. Paul is known to be a generous church. I think that's what God wants us to be. Now, a second thing we need to talk about concerning biblical giving is another taboo that we, people don't want to talk about, and that is tithing. And, and as soon as you say that word, it's almost like demons just rise up at you. And, and people say, oh, tithing's not necessary. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to. It's a law. Not abolish the law. And they go through all these kinds of statements, which really prove they don't have a clue what they're talking about. That's what it comes down to. And I'm really amazed at how many Christians continue to look for ways to give God less. Why are we doing that? Do we not see that something must be wrong if we're continuing to look for ways to give God less? And so I think we need to be careful of that. So what's a tithe? A tithe is an offering set apart to God. It's considered holy. That's why you just give it to God. You don't Keep your hands clamped on it. You don't try to direct it this way or that way. It's something that's holy unto the Lord. You give it back to him. That's what he asks us to do. It is given to your local church and it amounts to about 10% of your income. And now I realize that some people like to take that 10% and they put it all over the place. And uh, that's not what God says to do. That's not a tithe anymore. Just because it's 10%, it's not a tithe. A tithe goes to the your local host of God. If you're giving it all over the place, then what you're doing is giving offerings of 10% all over the place. And so when it comes to the blessings of tithing, you're not going to receive them if you're giving it all over the place. You'll receive blessings for your giving, but you're not going to receive the promises of the tithe. So something for you to grasp on. Deuteronomy chapter 12. That's one of the principles that is taught under the heading, if you had your Bibles there and had turned there, uh, it talks about the Lord's chosen place of worship. And it talks about where do you bring your tithes, your offerings uh, to God. And it says this in Deuteronomy chapter 12, 13 to 14, be careful not to sacrifice your burnt offerings just anywhere you like. You may do so only at the place the Lord will choose within one of your tribal territories. There you must offer your burnt offerings and do everything I command you. And as you read that whole chapter, the verses before that talk about tithes and other offerings as well. And basically it's just telling us that it's your place of worship that you should be bringing that uh, tithe to. Now another common passage referred to when one is looking at tithing is from the Old Testament as well, the book of Malachi. And that's the last book of the Old Testament, but it's very important that it is the last book bringing us into the New Testament, as you will see. Matthew, Malachi 3, 10 to 11 says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them 
from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies, from the Lord of hosts. And again, it's showing us the importance of tithing and the blessings of tithing. God wants you to know that tithing is the beginning of giving to God, and that tithing is really for our benefit more than it is for God's benefit. Tithing brings blessings from heaven to us. It opens the windows of heaven for God to start pouring out blessings upon our lives, and not just financial blessings, blessings of health, blessings of strength, blessings of peace, blessings of joy. There's many blessings that God gives, not just financial ones, and that's what God said, I'm, I want to bless where you work. I want to bless the work of your hands, and I, I want you to prosper. And that's what God is telling us that he wants to do over us as we tithe. Now, it's very interesting that tithing is mentioned in this last book of the Old Testament. And if you also take a note of the context that it is written, it's, it's written in the context of repentance. So tithing is actually part of making things right with God. We want to make things right with God. That's part of repentance actually is in there of tithing. And please note also this context of Malachi is not just to the Old Testament people. But as you read Malachi, it ends up talking about the coming Messiah. It also ends up talking about the judgment at the very last of the last days. And so it's not just talking about Old Testament people. It's talking about New Testament people and people that are way past the New Testament to the very end of days. So it's talking about tithing in all those areas. And so that's something I think we should take note of. Another thing we should uh, take note of is that tithing was instituted before the law. I know there's a lot of people out there that say, tithing is not necessary. You don't have to tithe. You know, it's part of the law. You do, the law Jesus fulfilled the law. You don't have to do that. And I'm very, well, if he fulfilled the law, that means Jesus was tithing if he fulfilled it. So to me, that still means you should tithe. But anyway, what is interesting here, as we start to study the word of God, that as we uh, go back to the very first time that tithing was ever mentioned. And that goes back to Genesis chapter 14, where Abraham tied to Melchizedek, the king and priest of the most high God. And, you know, what's important here is that it's called the law of uh, first reference or first mention. And when that happens in the Bible, you, you go back in your Bibles and you look, where is the first time that something is mentioned? That's very, very important in studying of scriptures that you would recognize where something is first mentioned. And so this uh, tithing is first mentioned well before the law ever came into being. And so we know that it existed well before the law. So when people say, oh, it's the law, no, it's not. All the law did was basically acknowledge that here is a principle that has already been proven and spoken of in the word of God. So good thing to kind of keep note of that. So Genesis chapter 14, 20, it says that Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he recovered. And so they, that's way back in Genesis. But the interesting part is that this same story is referred to in the New Testament. You, you hear a lot, of even preachers that say, tithing is not in the New Testament. And I'm kind of thinking like, are you guys sure? Because when I read the New Testament, I find tithings in there a number of times. And if you would turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, 
tithings in there a number of times, quite a few times. And here is this story being repeated of Abraham tithing. Now, it's interesting that the author of Hebrews then takes us a bit further. And he refers to Jesus Christ being in the line of that Melchizedek order. So not in the line of the Aaronic order, the, the order where the law came from, but before the law that Jesus Christ was referred to as in the order of Melchizedek. And so here again, we see Old Testament brought into New Testament and brought together here, referring to Jesus Christ, and that tithing is still mentioned here. And since Christ is the fulfillment of the Melchizedek order, does it not even make sense to us then, obviously, that he's still worthy of the tithe that went way back to Abraham that gave to Melchizedek, Jesus of the same order. And so, again, we just see that, yes, tithing is in the New Testament. There, there's a stream right from the beginning about tithing right through into the book of Hebrews. Then if you look to Matthew's gospel, Jesus himself refers to tithing. And again, I, I question when other pastors out there say, it's not in the New Testament. And I'm figuring like, what book are you reading? You can't be reading the Bible because I see it in there all the time. Matthew 23, 23, you should tithe, Jesus' words. You should tithe. But don't neglect the more important things. Now some people say, oh, see, it's not important. No, he's saying, yes, acknowledge this, and there are other important things that you need to do as well in, in the area of giving. But you should tithe. Jesus says so. So when people try to say, oh, that's Old Testament, it doesn't apply, they don't know their Bibles because it's in the Bible and it's in the New Testament. And so Jesus is not abolishing the tithe when people say that tithing was only in the Old Testament. It's something that's still needed today. And again, it's what the book says. It's what the book says. Now, if we would start to give in biblical ways, if you want to know how do you give in the Old Testament, it wasn't just tithing. There was all kinds of other offerings, thank offerings. Uh, there was almsgiving, people that were poor and needy, uh, those who were widows. There was all kinds of other areas that a person could give. And if you want to add them up, it actually came to about 23.5%. And as you go into the New Testament, yes, it doesn't talk about tithing a lot. It does mention it, but it talks about more about generosity and something that goes far above that of which was expected in the Old Testament. And we see here that what we see in the New Testament, the generosity that was there makes tithing something very, very small and insignificant compared to if we really want to be New Testament uh, givers. And listen to Acts chapter 2, 44, 45. And all the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had, sold their property, possessions, and shared the money with those in need. That's quite something. They sold homes, sold extra land, and they brought it to the apostles and gave. That's what they did. So tithing is very biblical, but it's just a start. It's just a small piece when it comes to giving biblically. Now, the next part we go into is the importance of blessings when we talk about biblical giving. Giving is a way to experience the blessings of God. Now, we already referred to some of those blessings from the Malachi reference, where we see that God promises to open the heavens over us, where we'll come under an umbrella of blessing, protection, increase, health, 
prosperity. And throughout the Bible, you will find that God talks about these things that really giving is for our advantage because God says it does open up the doors of heaven and God does say, I will pour out blessings upon you over and over again. Now, I do want to be clear that our motivation to give should not be, I'm just seeking for more blessings. And I, I see that sometimes when you go to conferences or that or, or in some churches that they, you know, they really pump you really good and, and you know, encourage you like, give, 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 man, God's just going to bless you. And, and that's truth. But don't give to get. Give because you want to give. Give because you love Jesus. Give because you want to be obedient to him and that you want to honor him. And, and that needs to be there. But at the same token, there are blessings that God will pour out upon you as you give. And, and I think that's a message that people need to understand, that there are blessings. It's not a one-way street. It's not emptying out your pockets and nothing in return. God's saying, I want to give you so much more in return. And when God sees us responding in good ways with our giving, he responds with his pleasure over us. Sometimes that can be just peace. That can be the sense of love, the sense of comfort, the sense of strength. But it also can be literal blessings where we are blessed financially, where things start to take place that we never thought would take place. And God just kind of reminds us, I just thought I'd bless you today. Just thought I'd bless you today. One of the passages I was reading here was uh, in a, I think it was in, actually it was a devotional book that John gave me there as a, as a place of work. It is a devotional book there. And it was mentioning this passage of scripture, Ezekiel 44, 30. And it, it, that whole chapter is kind of talking about giving, but I kind of like this little part here where it says, the first of the ripe fruits and all the gifts brought to the Lord will go to the priests. The first batch of dough must also be given to the priests so that the Lord will bless your homes. Now, the context in there was talking about tithing, giving, and, and bringing those things before the Lord. But what I kind of liked about reading that was that God says, as you give, I will bless your home. And I, I know sometimes as a pastor, I'm called upon to uh, go to various people's homes and to bless their home. And we enjoy doing that. We love doing that. And that, that's quite common throughout all the denominations where they have the minister come and speak a blessing or dedicate their home to the Lord. But it's interesting here, the Bible says, now if you're a giver, it's already done. It's already done. And God says, I will come to your home and I will bless your home. So I think that's a pretty good deal. That as we give, hey, someone far greater than the minister is going to come to your home. God himself says, I will come to your home and I will bless your home. That's pretty cool. I like that. Another passage of scripture, the very good scripture, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So again, the, the proper motive is I want to honor God. And as we do that, and, and as we give the best part of everything that we produce, the best, you know, first cut basically, give it to the Lord, he says he's going to bless us. He's going to bring increase, wealth to us. He's going to bless the work of our hands. He's going to prosper us. And as we honor him, there's just like multiplication starts taking place. And I know there's a number of you here in this place that 
have told me of testimonies where, you know, you did. You honored the Lord. You just gave. Sometimes when it really hurt, you just gave, and then something supernatural happened. I remember when as we talked about tithing, and they had a financial need, and they said, I just can't do it. I can't do it. And then they decided, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. And within two hours, they were informed, I think it was 10 times the amount of money was given to them. I thought that was pretty awesome. But that's what God can do. That's what he wants to do. Luke 6, 38, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And so again, we're reminded that God blesses us as we give. Blessings will start overflowing in our lives to the place where we can even actually give more. God likes to surprise us in so many ways and sometimes just literally pouring it into your lap. That's what God does. Then one last one from 2 Corinthians 2, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, sorry, 7 to 8. God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So it's very obvious from Scripture that biblical giving results and blessings being poured into our lives from prosperity, wealth, health, protection, peace, joy, needs being met, and so forth. You always get back from God far more than what you give. And if you want to take some time this afternoon, read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, and they talk about many other blessings that you will receive as you give. And, you know, it's a good thing to give. I was thinking last night I could keep you here for the next hour or so just talking about how God has blessed me throughout my life and how different things took place in my life. Um, I always think back of one time I needed some tires for my vehicle. I didn't have the money for it. So I had enough money for two tires. So I went to the tire shop and I asked them to put on two tires. I, I went hunting with a, an individual from the church. I came back to pick up the vehicle and there was four tires on there. I was panicking, thinking, what am I going to do? I only got enough money for two. And when I went there and, and went to pay, oh, sir, it's been already taken care of. I said, what do you mean it's taken care of? And there was other people there, so I didn't kind of push it. I'll come back in the morning. And when I came back in the morning, he said, no, it's paid for. Some individuals have taken care of that bill, all taken care of. That's what he does. I can think of times, uh, I'll, I'll Everyone knows who, has, who the chicken man was here in our town. Receiving chicken, the best chicken you've ever tasted came from St. Paul. You didn't realize that, but having some chicken given to you, pretty nice. We enjoyed that very much. Other blessings like that. One big blessing was another time we were buying our home. And we went out and we looked at two homes. One was more expensive than the other. And so I'm kind of a budget person. So I said, well, this is what we can afford. You might want this other home, but this is what we can afford. So that was kind of our discussion that night, that we'll have to settle for what I can afford, not what we may want. Interesting, the very next morning before I went to work, a person called me and said, Pastor, I understand that you're looking for a new home. You're to buy the better one. I said, How does he know that that's what we're looking at? 
And to help you with that, Pastor, we just received an inheritance. And so we'd like to give you this amount of money to help you. You know what that amount was? It was the exact difference of the two homes. But God just poured it right out there in our laps. What a wonderful blessing that is. And we've experienced many, many, many blessings uh, throughout the years and uh, uh, very appreciative of all those blessings. Many of you have blessed us here at our church. And, you know, sometimes it was beef, sometimes it was chicken, uh, sometimes it was taking us out for a meal, sometimes it was buying us something. And uh, we have been blessed by that and very thankful how God can meet needs so quickly and so easily. Another time we were on our way to Nova Scotia and we were driving there with all of our kids and a person came along, they received an inheritance. I like that when people receive inheritance. This can be good. Anyway, they came and they handed each one of my kids a check just before we're ready to leave. And, no, sorry, they did not check. An envelope with cash. Every kid, I, don't, I can't remember how much money it was, but it was a few hundred dollars every kid was getting. And then they said, here, Pastor, this here is to pay for motels. This is to pay for gas. Make sure you use this. And we did. It was another wonderful blessing out of the blue, weren't expecting it. I kind of thought out was mine. I said, Lord, why didn't you talk to them two weeks earlier? I could have booked flights instead of drive across. But anyway, that's how blessings can be poured out into your laps. And, and I know there's testimonies of here from so many individuals in this church that told me even in business, they were going through a difficult time and their business wasn't doing well. And so they said, you know what? I'm going to give. And they did. And you know what happened? The business turned around, and they did well. They recognized that principle of giving. Now, I could go on and on telling lots and lots of stories, but God is good. That's why it caused me to give a thank offering this morning when I came in there. I was touched by my own message, and I said, I need to respond to say thank you to the Lord. Now, lastly, in biblical giving, I want to talk about giving with right motives. And, you know, I already mentioned a watch for, you know, don't give to get. You want to give because it's an outflow of your heart. It's appreciation for what the Lord has done for you. You know, just thinking of our salvation should be enough to cause us to say, I want to give. Proverbs 3.9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. That's what we need to do. We need to honor the Lord. That's why I give. It's to honor him. It's not about a pastor. It's not about a church. When we start reducing our giving, thinking I'm just giving to a church or I'm giving to the, the minister, we're missing it. No, I'm giving it to God. When I give my offerings at this church, I'm not thinking that I'm giving it to the church for all of its bills and operation, which all that is important. No, when I give, I say, God, this is to you. I give this to you, Lord. May you bless this church. May it bless you. May it further the kingdom of God. I keep the focus on him, not about people, not about churches, not about my preferences. I do it to honor him. That's what it's about. Another right motive here is to give cheerfully. Should be natural. Should come from the overflow of the heart. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. We need to keep those motives 
pure. And our time is starting to go, so I'm going to jump right there to the end. Now, giving is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And God does bless us in many ways, in unusual ways. You, you know that I, I like cars. Bad thing to invest in. Kurt, you don't follow my ways in that area. They're not the best things to invest in. But for me, I enjoy them. I I find them, for me, it's like a stress relief to drive. And so I enjoy that. And, and you know that I've had a few of the muscle cars out there, and I really enjoy them. And I could tell you a story about every car and how I got them and how a door opened for me. And, and this last one that I got was kind of a, like, who does this kind of stuff happen to? I'm downtown. I'm walking on the street going to the post office. A gentleman walks up to me and asks me about my car. And I said, well, you know, I've been thinking of selling it. And then he says, well, what do you want? I said, well, you know what? I've had the Mustang. I've had the Camaro. I think I'd like to have a Challenger and try one of those out. But they're kind of expensive, even on the used market. Really, he said, I have one. And it's quite cheap. Oh, well, that's good to know. But, you know, I haven't even put the car up for sale. And I'd have said, well, what if I told you I'd buy your car from you? I said, are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. And we did. That's how I got that car. And when I was a, went back home, I was kind of thinking, wow, is that ever a weird experience? And then I just felt the Lord say to me, he said, well, didn't I hear you say that you wouldn't mind having a Challenger as the next car to try out? Yes. Well, here it is. God can bring it right in your lap, not even when you're expecting it. That's how good he is. That's what giving can do. That's what giving can bring you into that place. Now, I want you to know as we conclude here today, I could tell lots of stories, and I could have brought up church people here because there's a lot of stories right in this church of the goodness of God as people responded in giving. And as we get back to some testimonies again, we'll probably hear some of those as well. But I want to tell you this morning that every gift is appreciated. And whether your gift has been small or big or whether you're at that place where, you know, you can tithe or you can't tithe, and, you know, we understand when you're, you know, going through financial struggles. We understand if you're, you're new and this whole giving thing is just totally new to you and probably terrifies you to think, like, I don't have that kind of money. I couldn't even give 10% because, you know, I just live from month to month. And, and, you know, we realize all those things, and it does take time to adjust our budgets and how we live that we might be able to give uh, to God. And I just want to again say we are thankful for your support here in the church, for those who are giving online, those that give from other parts of our country as well. We just want to say thank you so much. You've touched many, many lives. But I want to tell you, giving's worth it. There's just so many testimonies. And I just hope that by just sharing a few of these things here today that you know, God will bless you. And if you're going through something difficult, remember something. God can lay something right in your lap when you least expect it. Maybe it might be healing. Maybe it might be peace. Maybe it might be a financial miracle. There's been lots of financial miracles that we've heard here in this church where people have come. I've told you a couple of where I was blessed because somebody else received an inheritance. That inheritance came out of the blue. Those can be good things, but God is looking after you and will bless you as we respond to him and give.
And so we're just going to conclude in prayer, and then we'll just close this off today. Father, I thank you for giving people. I thank you, Lord, that I can be a part of this church who is a generous church. And I thank you, Lord, for people that throughout the years have been very generous. Lord, have stepped out in areas of faith and have given in unusual ways at times. And Father, I thank you that this church, we've given some awesome offerings to various ministries and to people and individuals throughout the years. And Lord, you said as we give, it's going to come back on us. And so, Lord, I pray that it would come back on your people. And that, Lord, that the blessings would start coming to them. Lord, especially those that have been going through some difficulties, especially in the area of finances. That, Lord, that you would just bring some blessings back into their lives. Or just like that car just came right in my lap. Wasn't even looking for it. Just came right to me. And I pray that you would do such things like that to your people Father, today, that you would bring unusual blessings into their lives to show them that, Lord, yes, you've been watching what they've been doing. You've been watching how they've been stepping out. And I pray blessing over them. I pray for those people that are generous in this church. Lord, I I can think of so many stories of generosity that have been in this church. Uh, People that have not just given to the church, but they've given to people in the community, uh, family. And, uh, Lord, they've just been known as generous people. Father, I just want to call back blessings upon them. I pray for a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit. Lord, just to come upon them and begin to bless them and encourage them and strengthen them, Lord, and lift them up again. I pray that, Lord, that a fresh baptism of your love would come upon them. Thank you, God. Thank you for people who give. Thank you, Lord, for people who are open to say, I'm going to think about this. I'm going to pray about this. God, help me to give. And I pray that, Lord, that you would just open up those windows and start pouring out blessings on everyone, Lord, that is trying to give and trying to step out in this area. I just pray blessings now upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 